Hello, welcome back City Boy Rockers. You're listening to episode 63 and this week we're going to be talking about huge upset that the Lakers pulled off against the Nets, Zion Williamson's recent excellent games, the Washington football team potentially trading up for Trey Lance, and finally Jadavion Clowney potentially signing with the Browns. Thanks for listening guys. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at City Boy Rock Podcast. What is going on Shrane Kenny? How y'all doing today? I'm doing, doing great, bro. bro. How about you? I know Shrey's doing well. I'm doing fine as well. Uh, we also got a, a fan on the show, a guest on the show. My man, Shlok. Say what's up, Shlok. What's up, guys? Thank you for having me on. Uh, a little no bit of problem. background about my man, Shlok. Big, biggest AD fan out there. He was rooting for AD in the Pelicans days. Yes, sir. And now, he's a Laker fan, obviously. You know, got to follow <laughs> them. Got to follow wherever they go. Um, and we all know what happened, Shlok. It, it must have been a great Saturday for you because uh, the Lakers whooped the Nets. Um, all things aside, Kyrie gets ejected, Dennis Schroeder gets exe- ejected, whatever. Lakers won with nobody. Kuzma wasn't even playing. Andre Drummond pretty much cooked them. Let him know. Um, let him know. Let him know. First thing I want to ask to all the Laker fans out there is: this, this is this a sign of things to come? If you guys pl- run run into the Nets in the finals, bro, what do you think? What do you think, bro? No, no I'm AD. asking you. I'm asking you. No AD, no Bron, no Kuz, even Schroeder getting ejected. No Wesley Matthews. No West. No Whoa. Wesley Matthews, no Marc Gasol. Come Mark, on, all right, all right, all right. Let's relax on the Marc Gasol, all right, buddy. You didn't want him on the team, man. Nah, man. I mean, he's been he's been because he did really good in that Raptors game. So you know, I still believe in him. But nah, man. I mean, that's got cooked. Let's be real. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. If, uh, KD had minutes uh, restriction. I don't care about how the Harden wasn't playing. Kyrie getting ejected. Schroeder also got ejected, bro. Come on, no excuses. They got cooked. All right, man. Well, well, what I'll say to that is uh, the Nets cannot win the finals without James Harden. I think James Harden is that key piece that the Nets need, man. To mesh it, to put it all together, I think this this Nets team is good. I think they're great with KD and Kyrie, but I think Harden is going to be the piece that puts them over the top. And if he's healthy, I don't think the Lakers stand a chance, and I stand by that to this day. Um, what we saw was KD on a minutes restriction. We saw Kyrie get ejected for some bogus, like the weird, d- dumbest ejection, whatever. Dan Schroeder also got ejected. I don't agree with any of that. Um, but it, I feel like that game was just a dud, man. I feel like it, it really didn't count. But I mean, no one, none of the stars were out there. That. Of course, you think that. No, one, none <laughs> of the stars were out there. KD was yeah. on a minutes restriction, like I said. And there's no James Harden, bro. James Harden is in the MVP race this year. Oh, you're basically not throwing out the dude. Just, just let's just not count this game. All right, this game doesn't matter. Come playoff time, you'll see, you'll see the real Nets come out. The way, the way I see it, think about it. If, if this was like the Lakers, I know for a fact all Lakers fans say it's a trap game. Regular season doesn't matter. That's the same. Okay, but if, if we had our full, our, if we had LeBron and they didn't have any of their guys, obviously, like that, that, that is concerning. Okay. Like that, that I, I wouldn't say that doesn't matter if the Lakers lost, but I guess it's different. Say that I can, I meant to, can, can you agree with me there? Yeah, I can agree with you. Lakers fans say just regular season does not matter. Can we know when to turn it up? That's all you would hear if the Lakers lost to the, to the Wizards or to that's the, literally that's literally what happened when the Lakers lost to the Wizards, bro. Let's be real, exactly. man. That's literally what happened. I mean, that was the beginning of the season, bro. Come on, it's not the same. This is, is this towards this towards the end now. Because the Nets, someone you all feel threatened by, you want to create the narrative that oh, this game is a sign of things to come. Nah, this game was just like I said, refereeing, cupcake refereeing. Come on, bro. Kyrie shooter, that was nothing, bro. They want to throw this. League, I hate that. The league's ref this year. Yeah, that's, that's a whole different topic, bro. But I mean, let's be real, bro. There, there's nobody playing, 
and they won. And you can't you can't take that away. You just can't. They do that seven times out of seven, seven times in a game in a series. I think they could absolutely, especially when people get healthy. Uh, especially we'll when people them. get healthy. We'll see what I, these Lakers. Let's see. Let's see if the Nets even get there, bro. Let's see if the Nets even get there. Oh my god! All right. Stop the cap, bro. <laughs> Please stop the cap. Anyways, I well, I was trying to say. Let's go back to the cupcake refereeing. Okay, let me give you some context. At the time, I think it was the middle of the third quarter. Uh, Lakers were up by four points. Kyrie and Schroeder, I don't know what they're complaining about. They get in a little exchange. Both of them get tossed from the game, which I was just – I was like, what Like, what even happened? No physical alter, alter – like, we didn't see anything physical. I literally just saw words. Yeah, and just before, barely – like, they're just touching each other, bro. Yeah. Like, it was nothing. No push – like, there weren't even, like – there weren't actually, like, swing – nobody was swinging or anything. Mm. You eject – you eject at the moment two of the best players on – or no – were the top two players in the Nets and then the best player and the, one of the best players in the Lakers right now. So it's just like, dude, NBA, they need to get their stuff together ASAP, bro. Because if this happens come playoff yeah. time, I'm not watching these games, bro. You just take away the stars for doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. This is dumb. It, it's it's so ridiculous. We're not watching Nick Jr. This ain't this ain't Disney, whatever. This ain't Disney, baby Disney or whatever. Like, come on now. Like, these are grown ass men playing professionally. Like, you can't. There, there was nothing there that I saw that should have warranted an ejection. Like, okay, give them a tech, separate right. them. It's not like they were pushing and shoving like that either. Um, I don't, yeah, exactly. They're just talking. Like, I didn't, I, like, I didn't know the NBA was this soft that players could just get ejected for one, one incident in the game where they were trash talking. Like, I, I like, the ejections this year have been crazy. Like, it's just been a lot of talking. And then obviously we saw a few weeks ago, Luca got a tech for screaming and one. Yeah, like it's bad. what is that? Like what is this? Like the refing has been god awful this year. It's just terrible. I I can't re- like that's why the regular season's just been really annoying this year. Like, um, like obviously yeah, there's a lot of injuries, but the refing has just been horrendous in some games. No, yeah, I definitely agree with everything. I mean, this year especially, like, I don't know what is going on. I don't think it was like this, like, the past. It was getting there, but it wasn't, like, this bad the past couple seasons. Yeah, I think it's because there's no fans. Yeah. You can hear everything they say. Oh, now. you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. You, like, you could get away with talking trash and the refs not hearing it with a full crowd of people just screaming and yelling. But now, like, everything's amplified. So, I guess that's why. I guess they're just picking up on it more. But still, come on now. They, you know, like the refs know they do this. Trust like it's not. It shouldn't be something new to them. It's part of the sport, and like they're already taking away a lot of the physicality from the game. Might as well. Like this is what fans want. We want like right. we want like some like banner and stuff. Like we don't want it just them to just be friends, like shaking hands after the game. Like obviously, you yeah, that that's part of it, but. We don't want them to like each other after the game, you know, so. I think, yeah, they should, like, really start considering finding refs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I think I think refs need to get points, man. I think the NBA knows. I mean, the NBA is a league built on star power. If you don't have stars in the game, there's not – I mean, nobody's watching the Detroit Pistons game. Nobody's watching the Cavs game, you know. Like, nobody's watching those teams for the sole reason that there's no stars. If you take the stars away from the Nets and the Lakers, what are we watching, bro? Like, this is just – it's terrible – Players should not be ejected for talking. I feel like this is the most common basketball thing going back to the 1970s, to the 80s with, with uh, 
Magic and, and Larry Bird and the Celtic Lake rivalries. Talking trash is all part of the game. It's part of any competitive sport. You take that away, you're watching robots play. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, gets it, the people going. It really does get the people going. And you can't just like you're they're, they're extinguishing the fire a little bit too fast, man. You can have a little flame, right? You can't. All right, I wouldn't let it get to a forest fire or anything. Just let it be a little spark, a little spark in the game. Get get some excitement going. There's no fans there. You need something to juice up the, the players in ways. Just let them, exactly. let them talk it out, bro. I just don't understand. Eject, ejecting people is not going to help anybody. Now you got Kyrie, whose feelings are hurt. Now he's going to set out the next game. Maybe he's set up the next few games. I don't know what he's going to be doing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it, – it is the, the ejections this year is just ridiculous. And the refing just – there has to be a, some accountability on the ref's end. I feel like there's too much power on the ref's end. They can just do whatever they want and get away with yeah. it. They get their feelings hurt. They just throw them out the game and then just don't have to worry about the players. But, um, yeah, it's kind of getting ridiculous, and I think the NBA really needs to change it. Yeah. And back to the, back to the game. Um, the, the way the Nets lost, it was like – it was just – their flaws were just being emphasized. They're not good inside. LaMarcus Aldridge is not the defender. I think people thought he was going to be coming into Brooklyn. Like, he, he, he's just – he just doesn't have it on the defensive end like he used to, and he wasn't that great of a defender exactly. Anyway. That's what I'm trying to say. Because yeah. who, who thought he was going to be good? Like, what was he doing for the Spurs? Like these past couple of seasons. Yeah, like a winning team let him go. A team that was in playoff contention just paid him to leave and sit. Like, there's a reason for that. And yeah, he's great on offense still. Like, he can get mid-range takeaways. He can hit threes. Yeah, he can get, yeah, a he can get a bucket, but he's not stopping anyone. Drummond was just pushing him around. Like, I, from the beginning of the game, like, the Lakers were just pushing them them around. Like, the Lakers, regardless of who's in the game, they are a, a, an elite defensive team. Um, I think we've seen that throughout the past few weeks. They're still, like, number three, number two in defense. Before uh, LeBron and AD got hurt, they were number one um, with the Knicks. And then they were just, like, flip-flopping spots, basically. But, yeah, they're an elite defensive team. Frank Vogel has always known what to do on the defensive end. We saw it in um, we saw it in Indiana. He gave my, those Miami Heat teams fits, and he continues to just be one of the best defensive coaches in the league. And I don't think that's going to change when AD and Braun come back. Can um, I pose a question? I think the, yeah, go ahead. So I want to ask the Lakers fans, do you guys remember – Christmas Day 2018 when uh, the Lakers played the Golden State Warriors. LeBron's first year in L.A. Mm -hmm. two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You remember how y'all beat – y'all blew out the Warriors that game? Yeah. With LeBron hurt? I'm, t I'm starting to think that this game right here that we just saw is, is just that. It's just this Lakers team decided to put their Mickey uh, Mouse uh, effort uh, into this game. They put the Mickey Mouse effort into this game. You really can't compare it because it's not the same team at all. It's, it's not, not the same, same team. team. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is the situation is kind of similar, but like – it's just like the, I feel like the Nets weren't really trying. They kind of knew they're going to be the playoff. I mean, this, it's just a regular season game, but like it, it's just, this stuff, this stuff doesn't matter. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm not saying like this re this game like means that it's going to be like a sweep or right. anything. Like the Nets aren't good as they like actually are. Like I'm just saying when like if they were to face off in the finals, we know that the Lakers are going to push them around. They're going to be physical, and that has worked. In like recent, like recently, with uh, like you saw the uh, in the Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Bucks they pushed the Chiefs around. They they got up in their face, and they were physical. And teams that rely on a lot of finesse, um, they tend to struggle against physical teams. And I, and the Lakers 
it's not like they're slouches. They have LeBron and AD. So I will I'm say just this. saying. I'm just I saying. will say this about the Nets. I will say this about the Nets. When they are pushed around, they can you can expose their flaws just a little bit. Um, yeah. I like, I mean we see them play against the Knicks like twice already. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about this Knicks team who is by far and away not as talented as the Nets, for sure. It's not even a debate. They but they play. They make it ugly. They make it ugly. They play hard, and they keep the game extremely close. And I feel like the, the Knicks give the, the Nets the most fits, which they're, they're going to be playing. I mean, they might be playing in the first round. Who knows? But, um, yeah, you're right on that. I'll, I'll give you that. The Lakers are a more physical team. They could push the Nets around potentially. But at the end of the day, I think when James Harden's there – and when um, Kyrie's there and, and not getting ejected and, Ky- and Katie's not as many restrictions, I feel like there's just no team that could touch this Nets team, bro. I just, you know, I just you, don't you see don't it. Don't want to be. You know, game. you know what Schroeder Schroeder dude knows what to do now. He knows how to <laughs> he knows how to push Kyrie's buttons. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And we know Schroeder was literally cooking him on the offensive end and then picking him up 94 feet. And I feel like he's gonna do that all the way through if they face off in the finals. He's gonna he's gonna be an irritant. Because now, like, when LeBron and AD come back, he's relegated to being maybe the third, fourth, fifth best player on the team. And he's going to have a lot of energy. He's not going to be the primary ball handler. So he's going to be doing whatever he can to annoy Kyrie. And um, I think I think you guys are underestimating the Lakers right now. Let him sleep. Let him sleep. Let him sleep. It's okay. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let him yeah. sleep. sleep. And then, then when we win, they'll. they'll, they'll, they'll Bro, they, they said this, they said this right. last year too. They said it last year too. Yeah. Oh my oh, yeah, god. The Lakers can't shoot at all. The Lakers suck at the at the end of the bubble regular season. Y'all were. Oh yeah, the Rockets. The Rockets in seven, man. Blazers are going to. They said Blazers are going to sweep, bro. Like what? At that. No one here said that, by the way. I, I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying, like people are saying that, you know, like after they won the first game. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then all of a sudden when we win, it's a Mickey Mouse ring. But so many people are picking against us all the way through. That's just let them sleep, bro. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> the flaws. Okay. Anyway, go ahead, man. The flaws in the Nets. I will agree with you. Everything you said about the size or flaws, physicality, the Lakers. Okay. But the fact is, you can't have arguably the three best scores in the league right now on one team and hope to win in a close game seven times. You can, y'all can keep it close, but their offensive talent is going to – you want to be against KD, Kyrie, and Harden in the last 30 seconds of a game with LeBron and AD. What are you, you, you going to end up? We got a sniper in the building, though. We got Ben Lacklemore. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, sir. <laughs> hey, yo, bro. We got defense wins championships. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. When has there when when has there been a a, the twenty like the last the last twenty finals winners have been top ten defensive teams. The only one that wasn't was Shaq and Kobe, and they 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 turned it up in the playoffs. And I don't think and they had players who were really good on defense. I don't know about the Nets. They don't like do you like besides Bruce Brown. um, I don't know if you guys can you can try like an elite-level defender now. Kyrie, obviously, one of the worst defenders in the league. Harden, he gets his steals and stuff, but we know he's not one of the better defenders on that team. So, I mean, like, I, like, I don't know. We'll see if this year is a different year because there's, like, the offenses this year have been crazy. Like, there's, like, seven of the top ten offenses, offenses ever this year. So, we'll see if... Um, the narrative changes changes on that, but from what we've been seeing, 
defenses do win championships. We saw that this year in the Super Bowl as well. So I mean, the last time you had a- don't don't sleep on the Lakers, bro. I'm telling you, the the Nets might have that top tier, top heavy uh, big three, but the Lakers have a lot of really really good players. So don't sleep. Well, the last time, the last twenty years, saw a team with this top three scores in the league, though. You want to talk about defensive team winning the last twenty years? There hasn't been a team with the top three scores in the league. That's very true, Sam. We're going to see what happens. We'll see what happens. I know Slope thinks that the Nets... Push those boys around. (laughs) Slope thinks the Nets aren't even going to make the finals. Who do you think is going to make the finals in the East, man? Who thinks coming out the East? All right, man. So this this, this is going to be a a little controversial for sure. But I think this is the year that Giannis gets there, man. I think this is the year that Bucks get there. Oh, my goodness. I think think this Drew Drew Holiday acquisition has worked wonders for them. I think he's the piece that they needed. I think he's a lockdown defender, and he can get you a bucket any time. I'm very high on Drew Holiday. I'm very high on this Bucks team in the playoffs. I think they can do some damage. Mm. I think they can be the six. Yeah. The Nets. I think they will be in the conference finals. I think they'll be playing against the. I think they'll be playing against the Nets. But I, I just can't see a team that's going to beat them, bro. I just in the seven game series. I feel like okay, maybe Milwaukee gets a game or two. But in a seven game series, bro, I don't think I could bet against them. The big. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to bet against them too. But you know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to say like I'm trying to dug the nets. Like, if they come, like, welcome. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh man, you Lakers fans, it's funny, bro. Like we said, we said the same okay. thing about the Clippers, yo. We were ready. We were ready. We were ready in the Clippers. Yeah, we were waiting. We got there. We were they didn't complete the their job. The nets, the nets are not the Clippers, though. We'll see about that. They played seven games together. You don't figure out chemistry. Uh, you don't figure out your chemistry in the playoffs. So, exactly. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, moving on from that, we're going to talk about some other news in the NBA. We got to spe- specifically talk about Zion Williamson, who has been balling. Let me read you the stats for his last 10 games right now. 31 points a game, eight rebounds a game, four assists a game on 62% shooting. And this is without Lonzo in some games and some without Brandon Ingram. So, it, I'm going to ask the question right now. Is Zion Williamson borderline top 10 player in the NBA? Before before we answer that, can you tell me the record in those last ten games? Oh, man, you know what, like, dude? Let, 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 I just want I just want I just want to like answer. For, I just want that answer, bro. The Pelicans' record in the last ten games five and five. They're okay, five hundred team. Okay. But 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 let me say this: Was Zion playing like this? I feel like there's more. I have more confidence in the Pelicans not blowing a twenty five point lead when he's when he's playing the way he's playing. And 500 for the Pelicans is actually pretty good, bro. Yeah. I see them go four and six, three and seven, ten game stretches a lot of the year. So I will give him – I will. that's what I'm going to say about it. The Pelicans are now 11 seed. They were 14 seed True. at one point. So they're climbing up out the – I think they're one game, they're one so, game yeah. out of the plane. Yeah, they're, they are one game out. And if they can stay at 500, I, I don't think the Warriors are going to be a over 500 team uh, over the last whatever games are left because yeah. they did lose Wiseman and – you can't you can't keep asking Curry to just put up thirty five plus right and them barely even win against like decent teams. So I think the Pelicans really have a chance here. But we know it's the Pelicans. Don't don't, don't tell me about that organization, bro. Don't tell me about that organization. Yeah. David Griffin, most overrated GM in the league. But yeah. Let me go back. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Kenny. I'm a very big Zion fan. You know, brotherhood, you know, you know me. But 
That wreck, he is he is top ten skill. Borderline top ten skill. Mm-hmm. But as a top ten player right now, that record would not let me put him there. Just because you need to be a winning player to be up there for me. Mm. But even I'm not even putting Trey up there yet. But yeah, anyways. But Trey, whoa, 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 whoa. I think that near the top ten? What? Trey Young? No, I'm not putting him there yet. Oh, okay. Oh, I was about to say, I heard that wrong, man. I was about to say. But Zion, that man is learning to play point guard. Like, he literally came out and said he's playing point guard feels natural now. That's a scary sight for the league because that dude is too big, too strong, and too quick. There's, how do you guard that man? That man's just disgusting. Now. They can, I like the role of Ingram as a second option. It's Zion's team now. And I don't think Ingram wants to be mm-hmm. second option, bro. Can, yeah, I, I feel like if, if, if you're in a if you're in a playing game with the the Pelicans, just uh, if you're the opposing team, just go up to go up to Ingram and be like, "Why aren't they running more plays for you, bro? You should be, <laughs> you should be the first option." And then that's how, that's how you that's how you make them lose, because then that that's gonna get into Ingram's head and you're gonna start chucking those terrible mid ranges that he always tries to. <laughs> oh my gosh! When he's off, he's just very off. No, when he's on, they're dangerous. Like you, those two when they both drop thirty, it's literally Zion Ingram and some bums, right? So yeah, like, like y'all said, Griffin's a very overrated, overrated. I don't even say overrated. He's just trash, trash GM who can't surround them. Trash coach, the coach. The Stan Van Gundy, yeah, that was a bad pickup. I can't anymore. Trash. If I see another lineup with Jackson Hayes and Willie Hernan Gomez with James Johnson <laughs> on the floor again, I swear. <laughs> the thing about that, dude. All right, like I said, man. Me and Shrey watched pretty much every single second of every Pelicans game, or tried to at least. Dude, I was watching the Cavs game the other day, and I swear, I, I swear, if I if they lost to the Cavs, I would never watch a Pelicans game again. Thank God they did it. I mean, they were down the damn near the entire game, bro. They got so lucky, and this is a Cavs team without their two best players, yeah. bro. No sex, like, no Garland. They were getting cooked by Dean Wade, bro. Who is this? <laughs> Stan Van Gunny? Is, Stan Van Gunny is supposed to be a defensive genius, bro. I don't know what has gone on with the Pelicans. Dude, it, this team is like garbage, bro. If Zion's on this team, this team is not winning over 20 games this year, bro. Uh, and, no and towards the end, it was just they were they literally had three people, three defenders lined up at the free throw line area. And it was Zion just like there was just no space for him to operate. Like it's just it's getting to that point. Like with the lineup Stan is putting out there, they're just not guarding some players on the floor. Like James Johnson, they just leave open. They just leave him. Let me tell you how bad it is. Let me tell you how bad it is, man. The Pelicans were getting cooked by a guy who averages five points a game on forty-four percent shooting. He had twenty-one on seventy-five percent shooting, bro. This Pelicans team is a joke, man. Kevin Love had like five threes. It is terrible. Terrible, bro. Yeah. Van Van Gundy, defensive-minded coach. Yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, they they got the Kings tonight. Um, I remember last year uh, in the bubble, um, they had a game, they had a big game against the Kings and got absolutely destroyed. So, uh, this is kind of a big game for them because um, the Kings are right behind them in the standings. So, um, I think if they want to get a chance at the play they're going to have to, they're going to have to win the games they should win. Yeah. And this is a game that they should win tonight. Uh, they got a few games versus the Knicks coming up. That should be interesting. Um, 
But yeah, they, they, this right here, I'm saying this right here. This is this stretch of the season right there for Pelicans is the most important stretch of the season. Six of these next seven games are very, very winnable for the Pelicans. I don't, I mean, they're toss up with the Knicks games. I think they can beat the Wizards. I mean, like I said, this is the Pelicans, bro. I can't, I, I, didn't, I don't know what's going to happen with them. But um, if everything goes to plan, they should win six of these next seven games if they really want to. So we will see. It's just like, you know, you can never trust them. Like I said, you can never trust this team, bro. Zion's different, though. That man, like, it's just too easy for him sometimes. His finishing, like, he, he has a sprained thumb and he's just, like, it just doesn't make a difference. He's been playing better since he came back from it. It's crazy. For sure. Um, Going back to what, for what I asked earlier, I, I'm going to go on. I'm going to say that he is a top 10 player. By end of this year, we're going to be saying that because he's, I, I think the Pelicans are going to make the eighth seed. I think Zion's going to be the, the main reason that they get into this playoffs right here. And if they do get in the playoffs, I will consider him top 10. I will. I will say put him right at the 10 spot. I mean, he's going to be averaging by the end of this year 27 points on 60-something percent shooting, bro. That is just unheard of. Um, Zion is probably – I think he right now is the most dominant scorer in the league. I'm talking about, like, get to the get to the rim type of scorer. I'm not talking about, like, shooter or anything. He still needs to work on mid-range. Still needs to work on his three-pointer. His free throws have gotten way up, and his finishing is just, like – his finishing is, is damn near stop, unstoppable, bro. Like, I see him going to the rim with such power, but he has such a soft touch. I don't know how the ball gets into the rim. Body, he's flying into the rim. It's just – it's different. He's Zion is Body shot person, from bro. Mike Tyson or taking a charge from Zion full speed. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a body shot from Mike Tyson. I'm sorry, man. Uh, I'm not going for Zion, but That man is 300 pounds. Would you guys consider Zion over Luka? I would, I would not nah, say that. I, 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 I would not say, say that right now. But that list is crazy. That is pink yeah. list. Oh, yeah. That, I don't know what they were doing with that list. This list is in my life. <laughs> like, Devin Booker, I don't know how he was at nine. Like, He's that, at nine. That's, that's just, inex- yeah, inexcusable. Um, I think Zion's probably, like, I think he's, like, top 20 to – top 15 to 20 right now, in my opinion. But I think he could creep up near top 10 for sure if, like you said, Vincent, they go to the playoffs. I can't put him in the top 10 yet because he does have some clear deficiencies shooting-wise and defensively as of right now. So I don't think I can have um, a guy with two, two like glaring deficiencies in his game right now in the top 10, even if he were to uh, you know carry them to the playoffs. But obviously, defense will come. As he uh, gets more experience, so. he's still so young too. He's so yeah, raw. exactly. He's, he's he's twenty years old. He's younger than us. He's raw. This guy is raw. I'm telling you, he's this thing about the ceiling that he he can improve on. I feel like I mean we're seeing his playmaking. It's getting better. He's throwing lobs now. I seen him throwing lobs the other night. Um, I feel like he has a lot to improve on. But the fact that he's already this good in his second season in the NBA, I mean he's he's just destroying like bigger mm-hmm. dudes. Than him. It, it does. It's not fair. Um. And, and what I'm going to try and say is this. I remember when, when Zion got drafted and he got hurt. He was hurt for half the year. There was a lot of slander. Oh, Zion can't stay healthy. He's not going to be – oh, he's going to be overrated. Uh, his weight's going to affect him. No, 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 no. Zion is using the weight to his advantage every I single time. I think he time, slimmed bro. down he a little bit. He knows how to though. use it. I think he did. But I, I, the thing about him is, like, he knows how to use his size to his advantage. It's not like holding him back. He's literally using his size to bully dudes. Like, it's just this yeah. guy is different. Like I've been saying, dude and, uh, was ragdolling Clint Capella, bro. <laughs> like that's a big dude. He was just he was just moving him. Like it's it's crazy. Like he knows how to use his body so well. I've never seen like 
it's rare you see it from a guy that young. Like, I think LeBron, he's up there in terms – like, young LeBron, I think he was up there, and then Zion. In terms of just being mm. able to attack the rim, regardless of who's uh, at the rim defensively. I mean, they said he was the next LeBron for a reason before the draft. Yeah, this yeah. dude is different, man. He, he he is – he might be – I mean – I don't want to jinx anything, but when it's all said and done, I, I think Zion's gonna have one of the greatest careers we've we've seen, man. This guy, I mean, second year yeah, league, sure. I did twenty seven points, bro. I'm always gonna yeah. root for Zion no matter what. I, I hope he gets out of that organization, though. But... <laughs> I hope he gets out of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I pray, I pray, man. I hope Brandon Ingram and Brandon Ingram keeps is the face of the franchise and shoots forty times he a day. That. He can do it. that. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. You deserve it, Brandon. Sure. You go ahead, man. You and Eric Bledsoe can run New Orleans for the, the this next dude, 20 years, bro. This dude, swears he's a shooter, bro. Oh, my gosh. Whenever he takes those, like, when he steps into those threes off the catch, I'm just like, this This is not going in, bro. <sighs> it, it's it's frustrating to watch yeah. them sometimes. But that Sixers game, like, I think that Sixers, Sixers game just really showed, like, the potential of Zion. Like, yeah, he, was, outplayed, he outplayed Ben Simmons and, and beat combined. And he led them to a win. It was, like, it it was, was a crazy. convincing win, too. So, I mean, the, the sky's the limit. He was a, he, Zion, when you're playing point, when he's playing point guard, I, he's a very underrated passer. I mean, I don't even think people expect him to pass the ball when he has it, but he was about to put up a triple-double against the Sixers, man. That's crazy to think about. Um, speaking on a team I want to talk about, um, the Atlanta Hawks, man. I want to talk about the Hawks real quick because uh, they're, they're impressing me. They're impressing me, man. I said they were going to be 50 in the East because I thought Miami was going to get the fourth seed. But, no, they're playing exactly how, how, um, how I expected them to play. Nate McMillan, Kenny, I guess you are right the entire time, bro. I guess you were right the entire time. Nate McMillan was the difference maker. The Atlanta Hawks are, are I mean, dude, I don't want to say it, but, like, they're kind of nice. Mm-hmm. They're kind of nice. And I don't know if they're using Trey right. I don't know how it works, but – the team, I feel like Clint Capella is finally starting to come into form, and the Hawks are just cruising, bro. They, they've been winning a lot of games. Um, they've been beating some good teams. I had that West Coast road trip. I think they beat the Clippers. They beat the Lakers. I mean, they beat a lot of teams. So I want to ask you guys this right now. And Bogdan Bogdanovich is coming out, too. I, all the free agents they're picking up are finally starting to play well, and I think Lou Will was a good acquisition off the bench. So I want to ask you guys, are the Hawks a real threat in the East for, to contend? No. Because you have the likes, you have the likes of the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Nets. They're not there yet. In a couple of years, we talk about that being them, them being contenders. But as of now, I think they're solid. They can be a solid four seed. They can take a couple of games from you know maybe the Bucks, the Sixers, maybe win one or two. But they're not going to go to the finals. But one thing I do want to say, Trey Young has become very underrated. People are just hating on him for no reason. That's because of the way he plays. Change the rules of the league, then see what happens. We dropped forty-two. Has had more twenty, more forty or forty point games than five or six games than LeBron did before his twenty third birthday. And dudes want to underrate this dude. Like, oh, someone did their research. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> we got a Trey Young fan. That's tough. I'm just trying to like he has him at the four seed on a team that's been injured the whole year. They don't have DeAndre mm-hmm. Cam is gone too right now. So I don't know what why the hate's still there. Like this man is leading the league in box creation too. Setting up his players for the best assist. He just defensively, Nate McMillan also hit him very well. That dude's a very bad defender. But McMillan has done what he can to lower that effect on the defensive end. And you're seeing, yeah. you're seeing the results of it right now. Yeah. 
they're yeah, they're they've been playing really well. Um, yeah, and Trey had like a really really good week besides yesterday, obviously because he didn't play. But yeah, he had a really good week. Um, I think like he, like he, he's the only reason they beat the Bulls because Levine was killing them in the first half, and then he started matching him too in the second half. Like I gotta give him credit. Like a lot of teams would just bow down and just it, mail it in, but um, yeah, they play. They they've been playing really well. Um, I think they can take a game or two from. Um, from the six or from the from those top three teams, uh, if they can get out of the first round, because right now they would be facing the Heat, and I think the Heat would be a kind of a difficult matchup for them if they weren't healthy. But I think a lot of their success is obviously because the free agents are now um, playing up to their standard. Like Bogdan Bogdanovich, I don't think he was suited for that bench role because he did start in Sacramento, and he would have those games. Like he had a game a few. Uh, a few days ago where he just went off he had like he hit like eight threes and he has that ability he can just pop off um have like one of the better shooting games you'll ever see uh from a guy in the league so um I think the injuries have kind of helped their free agents like acquiesce to their role and I feel like the, mm. the not having Cam not having um Hunter um and putting um Bogdan Bogdanovich finally in the starting lineup. Um, I think that role fits him better, so I think they should stick with it and bring Cam off the bench uh, for uh, when he uh, comes back healthy. Yeah, I mean, uh, before the season started, and like after their free agent signings, like when they signed Bogdan, um, Gallinari, Rondo, I was high on the Hawks for sure. I thought they could have been like a sleeper team, like how the Heat were in the bubble. But, like, after seeing them play in the beginning of the season, I don't know, they were just disappointing. I didn't really know about the injury. I didn't really know what was going on with that team. But now they're really starting to come together. I think firing Lloyd Pierce was a big thing and getting Nate McMillan as a head coach, putting him in that in that role instead of the assistant. I think that's done wonders for them. Trey is balling. I like Trey. I mean, we all know his uh, deficiencies, but he's fun to watch, let's be real. And I, I just I'm rooting for him, too. You know, I think they're a year away year or two away but, mm-hmm. but yeah but they got a good future for sure they got a very yeah future. yeah their roster is stacked if they can bring back john con yeah. their roster will be stacked and their young players are obviously going to get better so they have a very bright future looking forward like yeah for sure i mean when i said this i said this before before the season started i mean you look at this hawks team on paper with all the free agent acquisitions they got i think they won the offseason yeah, sure. with all those moves they had and I mean, at first, like you said, Lloyd Pierce, I don't. I guess he was at that bad of a coach because at the beginning of the year, I was very like, I was just like, what, what is going on with Atlanta? There's no way they should be playing this bad. If you look at the team on paper, and finally when they fired him, Nate McMillan comes in, and I don't even know what changed with the Hawks. It's just like the players just all of a sudden got better. It does. It's very, it's very weird. Somebody needs to do an investigation <laughs> on this man, Lloyd Pierce, bro. He's a fraud. Get him out the league, bro. I swear, I if he comes to another team, I don't understand. I don't know what happened. I, they just had so many good players at like similar positions, so it's like kind of hard because you have like That's Hunter true. and then you have Collins and Capella. Like mm. you can't like you want to play all three of them, but then you can't play like you can't play Cam and uh, Bogdanovich in at the same time because you would have to have Trey. So it's just it was, and then you have Herder as well. So it's just like so many players at like similar positions that are like kind of of equal um, capability. 
And then you had Gallinari as well. Right. So it's just, it was just hard. So I think the injuries kind of helped in them figuring out who they need to play at certain times. So I just think, like, they're coming together at the right time now. Yeah, that, that team looks like a, like a hard team to coach because you're right. They have so much, like, equal talent amongst, like, their positions. And I think Nate McMillan is, like, he's so underrated. Like, what he, what he did in Indiana was, like, so underappreciated. You know, they were, like, a constant playoff team, four or five seed. And mm-hmm. I think he's doing great for them, and I hope I hope they, yeah. they keep on doing well, for sure. Yeah. And McMillan knows how to coach that type of team because I think he had a similar situation in Indiana where you had a lot of good players at the same position, but he figured out a way to kind of just, like, set the rotation and play – players situationally uh and it, it worked mm. out so yeah definitely firing lord pierce was a huge part in their success now. <laughs> all right moving on from that we're gonna hop over the nfl now i mean we got reports out of cleveland actually let me start out with this we got reports in washington that the football team is trying to trade up for trey lance they're currently sitting at the i believe 19th pick i mean i don't know what what pick you would have to trade up to get trey lance right now i think it, it would have to take a lot. It would take a lot because I think Trey Lance would be a top six, top seven draft pick. So if, if the Washington football team wants to play it safe, they would have to trade up there. That would be a lot of assets. I'm asking Shrey right now as a Washington fan, bro, is this the right move to trade up for Trey Lance or should you sit back and wait for somebody to fall to you? Um, considering the quarterback talent coming out next year, that's like scouts are saying are not is not going to be anywhere near as good as this year. Um, if you really like a guy, I'd say trade up. Um, I think you have to trade up to at least eight because um, we know that I think I think most people know that uh, Denver, if a QB falls to them, they're going to take him. And um, you can't just risk like trading up to like 10 or 11 and seeing if they fall because then it's just a waste. So you're going to have to trade up into the top eight. And Carolina already solved um, for now, at least their quarterback uh, issue. They got Sam Darnold. Obviously, a really great move for them. And I think they're going to want to be um, loading up on that defense and that offensive line. So they're going to want more picks. And I think trading up to eight is probably a safe bet. Um, that And you won't have to trade a boatload of picks if you want to trade up to eight. But if you're, like, worried that maybe the Falcons or someone will scoop up a quarterback, then it's going to be have to be a huge haul because – the 19th pick isn't that valuable, like, if you're trying to trade up for a quarterback. So they're going to have to trade multiple three, maybe three first-round picks if they want to get into that top five. And if they really, really like Lance, um, I'd say go for it. But if you're iffy on a guy like that, because he hasn't played um, – he hasn't played much. He only averaged 18 passes per game. Um, but he does have a lot of potential. So um, – yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, I'd say um, if they really want him, go up. But um, I don't think uh, he's going to fall to 19. Like the only, I think the only quarterback who has a chance of falling to 19 is Mac Jones. But um, that's a whole other story. I hope the 49ers don't make that mistake. They need to, they need to go get Trey Young. I mean, not <laughs> Trey Young. Uh, Justin Fields. <laughs> Justin Fields. Justin Trey Young will help them too. Um <laughs> Now I, I got confused. Trey Lance, too many trades. Yeah, but yeah, uh, they need to get a. They need to draft um, Justin Fields if they're going to trade up to that three spot because you're combining that the running ability of um, a guy that 
Shanahan coached uh, his rookie year in RG3. Like, he, I, I think uh, Justin Fields has, like, close to that ability with uh, – and he's just bigger. So, I think he has, like, a mix of that RG3 Cam Newton type ability. And um, he, he's, he has a great arm. So, um, I think um, with a good organization like the 49ers, I feel like you'd want to go for the potential rather than going with the safe pick in Mac Jones. But yeah, go uh, back back to Trey Lance. I think if the Washington Football Team uh, thinks they can coach him up, then I'd go ahead because you have a veteran guy for like the gap year in uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for one year who can. Who what, can what, about, what about Heineke? What about I'm, the goat Heineke? I don't know, man. <laughs> I, he's a little too small, and he doesn't have that strong arm. So I don't think he's like a viable starter for long term future. You know what? I'm going to say this right now, man. As a Washington football team uh, area <laughs> observer, I will say this right now. It, you know, <laughs> I will hold off on drafting quarterback all in the first round. Let, let's go back to the history of the of the team, man. Let's go back to the history. Let's go back to 2007. Jason man. Campbell. He had a few Jason couple of Jason Campbell. Low-key. Very good. I, for, as a first-round pick, I wouldn't say he would be worth that, worth that pick. Um... Actually, let's go even further back. Man, we got to go back to Heath Schuler. Let's go back to 1994, Heath Schuler. Number three pick overall. I don't even know that guy. <laughs> that didn't work out. He's in Congress now. That's all I need to tell you. Uh, 2002, Patrick Ramsey, 32nd overall pick. I don't know. That didn't work out too well. Then a few years later, you get Jason Campbell, 2005. Oh, and Rodgers. I don't think that worked and out too well. passed on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Pick, passed, out, passed on Aaron Rodgers. And then we don't, they don't pick anybody until 2012. They trade up for RG3. The potential there was... Which was good for a year. The potential there was was cool. Didn't pan out so well. And then, you know, we got recently. The goat. The goat. 2019, Dwayne Haskins. So, what I'm trying to say is, don't rush anything, man. I don't think the team, the Washington football team's culture is built on drafting quarterbacks. It's a much grittier team. Everything else, I would say just... I mean, the, they have three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. That shows you how good how good the team is. You know, that they don't need a quarterback. That was back in the days, but I don't think the Washington football team should rush into getting a quarterback right now. I feel like a quarterback, if there was one, would slide into the second or third round. I feel like they, they could, can get yeah. somebody good, decent. You don't need you don't need to draft a quarterback. I know the team is is a win now mode, but like listen, I don't rush into something that you're not sure. Yeah, of. and there are like there, Dwayne Haskins, we have other holes like on the offensive line, um, linebacker. So I'd prefer addressing those before going all in on a quarterback and uh, just giving up on, like, future first-rounders. And I would say mm-hmm. Trey Lance, he has a very – he's a low floor as well. He's a very high ceiling but very low floor. Mm-hmm. For a team that has a bad history of developing quarterbacks, I don't know. Not all of the best. That's a good point. The best fit for this side. Yeah, I feel like if you if the Washington football team were to take a quarterback, I feel like the only surefire bet you would get would be Trevor Lawrence at one, but you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones because Mac Jones is going to come in with a higher floor than all the other quarterbacks, but he won't be progressing as much. But, I mean, that's just at, – at that point, I would just wait till the second round or just wait till another year and get another quarterback um, or get a quarterback in free agency. Yeah, well, so, What do you guys think about uh, – Moving on I from that. I have one question regarding that because, like, the Panthers just made a trade for Darnold. So most likely Teddy B is on the market. Would you be interested in that? 
No, absolutely not. For Washington, <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, Teddy B's not like like look what he did with the Saints. Like I, they went five and zero, bro. He's not a bad quarterback. Like yeah. the thing is about Teddy B is like he's good for a few games, but I would rather take Fitzpatrick with those three magical games than Teddy B's eight and eight guaranteed five hundred record. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't want a five hundred. He's record. a little too safe, in my opinion. I think because um, he had he had. He had 15 touchdowns passing in 15 games last year, so he's not going to put up numbers. He's not going to – like, your offense is not going to be dy- – like, has no real chance at being dynamic. So, um, I just feel like if I'm choosing between him and Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm going to take Fitzpatrick at that point because he gives you that dynamic element. Even though he can lose you games, he is going to win you a game that you should not win. True. So, I'll take it in that case. I will say this about Teddy B. He will never lose you a game, but he there's no guarantee that he'll actually win you a game. Like, if it's not going to be him winning the game. It will be the entire team coming together and winning, and winning the game for you. I feel like Teddy B will play it safe enough where he won't make any mistakes, yeah. but at the same time, he won't move the chains on, like, third and 15. You're not going to get a 20-yard yeah. attempt from him. You're going to get, like, a five-yard little dump off. And I think uh, Washington fans are kind of sick of yeah. that right now. I mean, they got Haskins last year who was afraid to throw the ball deep downfield. Um, it's just I think you want that gunslinger mentality. I think gunslinger mentality is gonna get you places much more. Like even it's worth the risk. Yeah, obviously. with a great to have Fitzpatrick. Because we were covering up mm-hmm. for Dwayne Trashkin's mistakes last year. <laughs> so like we, oh my gosh, I don't even get me started on that <laughs> man. But yeah, um, Teddy B. Um, the Carolina lost a lot of close games and. Like, he's not – like, I'm not going to trust him if he has the ball one and a half minutes left at the 25-yard line with two timeouts. I'm not trusting him to lead me to a win. That's the issue with him. And that's why, like, in that case, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'll take him any day over Teddy Bridgewater. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about Jadavion Clowney potentially signing with the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, I'm going to ask Kenny right now, as, as an AFC North fan – is this something scary? Is this something that's going to put put the Browns over the Steelers for the foreseeable future? Yes. Until, until yes. Oh wow. Really? Start a new era. I was not happy with the way the Steelers played the second half of the year last year. I believe a lot of that was on a play calling. A lot of that was on Ben himself. The receivers dropping a lot of balls, and if you're adding Xavier Clown, he's not he's not a bad pass rusher. Right? He's not. He's not what he should be in terms of where he was drafted and everything. But adding him opposite of, you know, Miles Garrett, it's going to pose problems for us, especially when we're missing a tackle right now. We don't have the wave anymore. And getting pressure on Ben at this age where he, he's not the player he used to be <laughs> kind of worries me. I don't think we're going to be. Okay, you got Haskins. Haskins. You got Haskins. Oh, yeah. yeah. Haskins learned from a year, and then maybe we'll see. Haskins still has an arm. He, he may have work, work ethic issues, commitment issues, a little kid still, basically. But on inability to scan the field, talent, inability talent, to get to his second read. Yeah, yeah talent is long time <laughs> so that, that can be taught. All that stuff can be taught by Big Ben. You know, got good coach Mike Tomlin, so I'm not worried about mm-hmm. that. He's not, he's, Slow feet in the pocket. He's not playing. So <laughs> he's just he's just there to learn for now. Hopefully, he can develop with something else, but. Yeah, right now I don't. I'm not confident in this offense unless Ben's elbow somehow allows him to match to be able to throw the ball deep. Now, I mean, get away from that short passing, no run game type of offense. 
think we're no longer the team that beating the AFC North. We're not mm. a second team to beat in the AFC North mm. anymore. For a couple, for a couple. Mm. that's that's deep. I think Kenny just submitted that the Ravens and the Browns are better than the Steelers. That's so crazy. That's big man. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> for me, that's that's hard to admit. That's hard to admit for a team that's dominated the division for the past twenty years, man. Um, for me, I'm gonna say this right now, man. You put Jadavian Clowney, who was he very disappointing, absolutely like super disappointing. Yeah, he didn't do anything. Um, for him to come to Cleveland, I feel like it will be. A, I mean, when you have Miles Garrett on one side already getting double teamed, Jadavian Clowney is good enough to beat a one on one offensive lineman if he's like average or below average. He will get to the quarterback. If the Browns get two and put him on the other side of Miles Garrett, it's going to be pretty dangerous for AFC North. And I think the Browns, that defense right there is going to be loaded if they get Jadavion Clown. That pass rush is going to be crazy. Um, and I think they're going to have a good shot at winning that division for the first time in a long time. Are we long sure time. he's able to beat one-on-one? I don't know about that. I don't know I, about that, listen, man. If he... If he's not able to be one on ones, this I mean, I think we're ready to call Jadavian Clowney a bust if he can't beat him one on one. Let's keep I it real. Think, I think he's a better name than what the production you're getting out of him at this point. Um, he's dealt with a lot of injuries recently. Um, he like I think they just put him on the shelf last year. The, the Titans at some point. Um, he had zero sacks up to that point. Um, I think he just need to get. He needs to get over himself. He's really not that not as good as he thinks he is. Um, he's going on these he, – he's really had one suitor this whole free agency. Um, and I feel like he should – he like, considering what he did last year, wait till the last second to get signed. He didn't really get time to learn the playbook and um, just get acquiesced to the system and stuff. I feel like he needs to sign as soon as possible so he can get that full like, – like as much of a full offseason as he can. Because last year was a huge disappointment, and he was doing the same thing. He was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna like I'm gonna have a bunch of suitors," and he had to settle. And right now, I think this is the best situation for him, so he needs to sign as soon as possible. Because I don't think you can count on him as like one of your better defensive players on your team. Like I like you said, Miles Garrett on the other side will help a lot. So um, if he wants to revive his career and his name, I think he needs to sign here as soon as possible. Mm. Oh, with all that being said, I want to thank you all for being on the show. Um, tune in next week when we talk about a lot of other stuff. The NFL draft is coming up just around the corner. We're going to have a couple guests on the next show, the week, the show next week. Thank you, Shlok, for being on the show. Pleasure, um, thank good you luck to much. the Lakers, man. Thank you for joining, bro. Yes, Good luck sir. to the Lakers. Hopefully, AD gets Remember, healthy. Lakers Thank you all for your th- – yep. Remember. Yes, sir. Lakers Remember. always you saying, six, Whatever you say. As always, thank you, Shrey and Kenny, for hosting the show, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.